I remember as a kid, the only time I ever thought about killing myself or having it as an impulse or a desire was when I was young. Uh, I think uh, peak suicidal fantasies for me didn't start for me. Only really were like six through eight. And it was purely self-defense. <laughs> School was so difficult. Groups were so menacing and, and brutally unkind to me when I was a younger kid that I wanted to kill myself and write a note. I remember this. That would accurately describe what other people, what these other kids had done to me, specifically action by action and moment to moment, why it made me feel terrible. And have it be very itemized because I wanted their parents to read it and be furious with the kids. And then I wanted to end it by saying it's their fault that I'm dead because I wanted to fuck up every single one of those kids' lives for the rest of their life. And it just evolved. It was like my peak fantasy, this suicide note and this action. It was probably one of my earliest creative moments, you know, just meditating on this idea. <laughs> it was totally my suicide note when I, my suicide note when I was six or seven. And so I was like, do I do it like dear so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so and so Like write them all out. But really it was dear so-and-so, 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 and so-and-so. Dear those four people. And also their friends, so three other people. They were the group. And to point out exactly what they did and why and why it hurt so much emotionally. By, by being bullied by them. It was never like the pin you up against a, uh, a building kind of thing. And I could say I can actually defend myself pretty well. So it was never physical. Because somebody came up and made it physical, it was quickly diffused. But they would, so they would just uh, taunt me from a distance. And it really bothered me. And so I wanted to write this suicide note. And so that was my fantasy at the time was to cause more suicide through my, it was like me exploding. I wanted their, them to be in a lot of trouble with their parents. There's some genius to this thing. The parents would read it and they'd be like, how dare you do that? And now that boy's dead. <laughs> you are in so much trouble, you son of a bitch. You know, they, mom wouldn't call him a son of a bitch unless she herself was upset with herself. But. I mean, I wanted that to happen. So I wanted a consequence that wasn't available to me on the playground. Who gives a shit if another teacher sees you get bullied by some other kid? That doesn't shame the kid. But finding out that parents finding out, very important. That's like a key weapon when you're that young. And then I wanted them to actually know that they are the reason that I killed myself so that their guilt would follow them. Like I was self-conscious enough, or maybe I didn't even realize how <laughs> crazy. It's like a Stephen King story, you know? The, the kids meet when they're in their 20s or 30s and they talk commonly about that shared suicide when they were six and they were told it was their fault. I wanted that. <clears throat> so for a while that was my suicide note always in my head I never ever wrote it 
was always in my head. It was a deep meditation on that. I also had a thought to trade mornings with um, my chief bullies, but really my key bully. I wanted to wake up and our bodies would be swapped. And I didn't really understand the plot very well about this. I've now seen enough movies since I was six or five to realize that a lot of narrative things happen. <laughs> but in my memory of this, we would swap bodies and we would then go into school. Somehow my bully would become me and be totally fine with this or confused, but still go through the motions and go to school as well. And I wanted him to get bullied by everybody else so that he could experience it. That was my fantasy. And then I had a really weird bend in it. I would be traded with him, so I would walk up to him and I would be nice to him in front of everybody. And I would say, you know, hey, we like you, or something like that. I would clearly be so demonstratively kind to myself that people would stop bullying me. And maybe he would see me as a, a better person. But it also kind of speaks to just like how authority works when you're four, five, and six. Because now, if somebody just suddenly stops liking somebody or stops or starts to, it doesn't influence a whole group the same way it does when you're like five or six. And so just getting that one bully to stop bullying me was like a quick, quick diffuser. I knew it. But my fantasy of it was so silly. It was funny, you know, so he would wake up. So my fantasy was that he would also have to endure bullying and he and I would see each other literally from each other's eyes. It's a weird desire. But here's where my uh, neuroses started. I started to get really worried about what he'd find out about me in my bedroom. So I sure as hell, if, if I got my wish and I could wake up as my bully the next day, I didn't want, you know, underwear um, in a mockable state. Some, you know, I don't know, like stained or something. I didn't want anything that he could find. And so I would fastidiously, with like a paranoid I idea, keep my room expecting a visitor. <laughs> expecting a visitor. And just for the embarrassing shit. Like, I'm like, he's going to go through my underwear drawer. So it was a lot to think about trading with the bully. But that's the only time in my life when I was uh, thinking about suicide. Thank God. 